having two claps does not phase me at all because I can always see when we start talking after the second one of yours. Really, a majority of the episodes I've recorded had two claps from you because you always think it's hilarious to clap right when you start recording. And just in case this actually goes in, we clap so that we could sync up our audio so that I can edit it easier. But Matt loves to just start recording and clap before I'm even ready. Welcome to Let's Run That Back. I'm Cody. And I'm Matt. More like your clap. Why? Because I have gonorrhea? Please stop, don't stop listening. Don't stop listening. We're going we're gonna to keep going. <laughs> uh, we're two brothers who talk about movies as if our opinions matter. And today we're going to be catching up on what we've been watching. We are going to talk about a movie that our mom selected for us to talk about. Moneyball. And we're going to kind of reminisce about some memories related to our mom and movies. So without further ado, happy Mother's Day. Let's run that back. What are you laughing at? Did I mess up our catchphrase again? Because I messed it up last episode. I don't know if you heard that. (laughs) No. That's just... You said uh, it should be, and I'm clap, and I said, why? Because I have gonorrhea, and then I imagine you said, we're two brothers who like to discuss movies as if we have gonorrhea. Because <laughs> last week I said, we're two brothers who talk about movies as if our opinion matters or something. Like, I normally say opinions. I can't remember what I did, but I switched it, and it was one of those things where it's like, it still technically makes sense. It just sounds weird the way I said it because I don't usually say it that way. Do you want to redo just the I'm Cody and I'm Matt part? No, because I'll keep the clap part in and then you're going to clap and everyone will see that you are a needy, (laughs) attention-seeking jerk. No, you're not, but... (laughs) wouldn't that be great if i hated you because you constantly (laughs) messed up the intro that's what ruined our relationship exactly that's that's our falling out a la the beatles it's like which is a good comparison because we're very similar to the beatles in fame and star power so it would make sense that people would call this like our yoko ono is is me clapping up the intros yes It's funny because I was thinking, hey, we're finally going to have a section where we talk about what we've been watching where we don't talk about Marvel at all. And so people are going to be like, you know, I love Marvel, but they do talk about it a lot. And then Marvel (laughs) dropped a like phase four of the Marvel Universe trailer. And I feel like we kind of have to talk about that for a minute because that was really amazing. Really, I saw that it was like a kind of a trailer for Phase 4 and like a celebration of the Marvel Universe. And so I was like, oh, well, let's check it out. So I turned it on and I wasn't expecting like I wasn't sobbing, but like how like, you know, the emotional reaction you have to it because you haven't we haven't had that experience of going to the movies and seeing a Mm -hmm. Marvel movie in like over a year. Mm -hmm. And this trailer just like showed you all your favorite parts of all the past movies and then hit you with, and we have like eight more that are coming out over the next like two years. You're just going to be like bombarded with Marvel. (laughs) It was so great. That's what I was telling Carrie. There's still three that are coming out in the second half of this year. Yeah. And then four over the course of next year. So every three months we're going to get one next year. Which just sounds amazing <laughs> and also it sounds almost unbelievable given we haven't been to the movies in a year so right. it's like we're gonna go from not going to being there at least every three months and then obviously between that as well right well one of us will you can bring the b- baby and be that guy i hate that guy yeah don't be that guy yeah. <laughs> just find a nice kids movie Put your baby in a seat and then go see. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Could you imagine walking into a theater and just seeing a 
a baby by itself <laughs> with like a large popcorn right. bigger than itself. <laughs> Legs wrapped around the popcorn. <laughs> Can't even see over it. You look over oh, at the usher and you gesture toward the baby and the usher is like, look, I get it. I know what you're thinking. Just be glad he put the cigarette out. <laughs> the usher's like, I'm paid minimum wage. I'm not going to get involved with all of this. M. Night Shyamalan twist. The usher is usher. Whoa. But he has like a beard. And so you don't realize it the whole movie. The whole movie you're like, that guy looks just like Usher. But like if Usher had a beard. And your friend is like, you're just thinking that because he's an Usher. All Ushers look like Usher to you. Yeah, stop being such an Usherist. Aren't you glad you kept listening after that, that gonorrhea <laughs> joke? <laughs> isn't, this, isn't this so much better? What have you been watching? Um, so I've been watching a lot of Marvel movies. <laughs> I hope that's not the answer. No, it's not. Um, I watched, I finished Invincible, which is a superhero cartoon on Amazon Prime. Did you watch Invincible? Oh, not yet. Y- you absolutely need to. Um, mm-hmm. you hear a cartoon and you think, oh, I can watch this with my children. You cannot. <laughs> it's, a. Uh, it's based on a comic written by Robert Kirkman, which is the guy who wrote uh, Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. Yeah. And, I mean, I won't get super into the nitty-gritty, but it's just a different take on a, on a superhero story, and it's really, mm-hmm. really, really good. And the mm-hmm. voice cast is phenomenal. Yesterday after work, I watched The Kid Detective. I have no idea what that is. I've never heard of that at all. <laughs> So I actually heard heard about it on a on a podcast while I was running one day, and they were talking about it. Uh-huh. And I was going, "Oh man, this this sounds really cool. It sounds really interesting." It was fifteen bucks on iTunes. I bought it. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> it is about a uh, guy who, when he was a kid, he was a kid detective, a detective in his school. <laughs> I'm a detective. Um, but would solve cases like. Who stole the fundraiser money from the principal's office? And, you know, who who took my magazines out of my school desk? I think desk? I read those books as a child. <laughs> he, was, he was that kind of character. And the yeah. kids would come to his treehouse and give him 50 cents to solve mysteries. You know, all the adults always gave him all, all this attention. The mayor gave him the key to the city after he solved a... I don't remember what case. But he grew up being this person. And he yeah. never never really grows out of it. So we meet right. him when he's an adult, and he's still got his office, and he's a detective, and people are still coming to him to solve, you know, rinky-dink little mysteries. Gotcha. I'm leaving out some big plot points, because I don't right. want to... Is it a comedy, or is it like uh, a drama? Um, it's got funny oh, parts. Okay. But it's, I mean, it's a sleuth. Movie. It's a mystery. It's, yeah, yeah. Okay. And you now, lo- now you that he's those. older, the, there's a girl whose boyfriend gets killed, and the police aren't getting anywhere. So he helped her at her 11th birthday party figure out yeah. who who took her presents or or whatever it was. So she right. went back to him to see who <laughs> killed her boyfriend. Um, and Cody it was so good. Those are. Those are comparable things, so I can see why she would go to him. It, it, it was so good. I gotta look into it. That sounds good. What have you been watching? I have just, I've just been watching shows. Like Kristen and I have been just running through shows. We watched um, a show called Little Fires Everywhere on Hulu with Reese Witherspoon and Carrie Washington. That was like I keep hearing people talk about that show, but no one will ever like say out loud that it's good. They'll say like. Oh, was, wow, I couldn't stop watching it. Oh, what, well, how, is it any good? Oh, this is what it's about. It's like, you didn't... Well, I... I feel it's like it's not I good. Signed a, I signed an NDA. I actually can't <laughs> mention that, but I can tell you we couldn't stop watching it. No, I'm just kidding. But it's based on a book, and Kristen listened to the audiobook of of the book, and so she wanted to see the show. Uh, there's kind of more complex than that, but she said, like, the book was both, like, good and and like not good at the same time and then the show added things into it that made it almost more dramatic than things needed to be Mm -hmm. and so like 
you would have to kind of get over those hurdles and then also some stuff was just kind of like the actual plot of it there's things in it that like make you mad like you're just like oh gosh like in like an injustice kind of way and so I could see people being like you know it's not fun to watch all the time and then also it's over dramatic and kind of stupid sometimes in the end full picture I thought it was good but there's just a lot of hurdles to jump I also watched Fleabag both seasons of that which is on Amazon and it was very good and then we watched Bridgerton on Netflix and that was honestly oh, Downton Abbey meets Gossip so Girl. good I've never seen Downton Abbey but I understand what that reference is and I've never seen Gossip Girl but I understand that reference and I feel like what I know about those shows that's not a bad comparison <laughs> and it really works it was it was very good but yeah, so it's been just kind of like show after show after show. Don't know what we're going to be watching next. Oh, The Handmaid's Tale came back, so we're probably going to jump on that. If you are a regular listener to this podcast, you know that last time we called our mom because we knew that this will be our, our Mother's Day special episode dedicated to her, which is why we just talked about a bunch of stuff she's probably never seen or heard of. And... <laughs> We asked her, what is the movie that you want us to watch? And she said, Moneyball. And still to this moment, I can't believe that she wanted us to watch Moneyball. None of it makes any sense. I've never heard her talk about that movie at all (laughs) in my life. I can tell you that my memory of Moneyball, and maybe mom would have to correct me, I think I saw Moneyball in theaters with mom. And from that day on, I've never heard her mention Moneyball. (laughs) (laughs) I know I saw it in theaters. I couldn't tell you who I was with, but I'm sure it was at uh, uh, the mall. The mall. Okay, yes. Very nondescript. Good. We can't have our our rabid fans getting at us because, <laughs> again, we are like the Beatles. Or no matter what kind of animal they are. <laughs> oh, God. A rabid. If you would have asked me when we started this podcast, think of the most random movie that you think you'll never do on the podcast. <laughs> I would have thought of Moneyball, maybe, <laughs> if you gave me enough time to think. But you know what? Here we are. I was talking to mom. I think I figured it out, though. I was talking to mom on the phone. I was like, why? Why Moneyball? She's like, it was on every time I'm flipping around. Anytime I see him on TV or in a movie, he's just so cute. I had no idea she felt that way about Jonah Hill. She was saying the other day yeah. when, um, yeah, you know, Dad's Matt. flipping around and he stops uh, on that Quentin Tarantino movie that he's in. Uh, and I said, Matt. Django Unchained? What? I, I don't think it's Jonah Hill. <clears throat> I think if you look at that, it is probably Brad Pitt. Because he's also in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is that Tarantino movie. And he's in Moneyball. And he's what? typically known as one of the sexiest men alive for literally as long as he's been famous. I just which, think there's a lot of... Which one was he? He was... I think he played like a coffee bean or something. He was like a bean. He's Billy Bean? Billy Bean, yes. That's who he one? was. <laughs> I think it's definitely Brad Pitt, Matt. <laughs> Well, he and I have very similar eating habits. Dude, we're going to get into it more, but no one I have ever seen in a movie has eaten a Twinkie the way that Brad Pitt ate it oh, in this Oh, I was thinking movie. more when he took two giant handfuls of popcorn and then <laughs> spit them out before he started talking on the phone. <laughs> oh my god, he and inha- he there's no other way to describe it other than he inhaled a Twinkie in this movie. <laughs> Because if you think about movies, he did who knows how many takes with that Twinkie. It may not have been a ton, who knows, but reasonably, he ate six Twinkies full (laughs) in his mouth. It's just insane. So anyway, Moneyball is a movie that came out in 2011, directed by Bennett Miller, whoever that is. (laughs) He's done like a couple movies, and it was written by... Steve Zellian and Aaron Sorkin. 
and uh, when it comes up in the credits, as I've said before, the word and is between them and not an ampersand, which means they wrote it separately. So yeah, Steve Zalian wrote wrote it and it stayed in like purgatory for a long time. And then right. Aaron Sorkin rewrote it. Wrote some scenes and stuff. Right. Yeah. And from what I looked up, very weird production this movie had where at one point they had Aaron Sorkin writing rewrites to scenes and we're still employing Steve Zalian rewriting stuff for scenes and they would both send it up to like the producers and directors and they would like merge it and stuff and I can't believe there's even a coherent movie for this which I guess they're both very good writers they are very good at their jobs yes so two obviously very good writers which makes sense why a movie about financials in baseball is engaging at all. I think that first I'll tell you the cast is Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, Philip Seymour Hoffman, rest in peace, Chris Pratt, Robin Wright, among others, including Spike Jones randomly. (laughs) (laughs) He's a director, but he has a cameo as Robin Wright's new husband or whatever. So I... I think I've made it clear on this podcast before, I'm not very interested in sports. No. If I was to be interested in any sport, (laughs) baseball is low on the list. (laughs) It is so boring to me. And I'll say that I still was engaged with this movie. Because the movie's not about baseball, necessarily. What did you think of this movie? Um, I am much, much more into sports than uh, Cody is. <laughs> Pretty much every time we have recorded this podcast, he has been wearing memorabilia from a sports team. He's wearing a Dolphins hat right now. <laughs> it's Miami Dolphins, not the animal. Like, I'm not wearing a Dolphin hat, like a hat that's made out of Dolphin. Right, right. Okay. I am, but... <laughs> right, but you're not into sports. Right, exactly. Baseball is probably pretty low on my list. Uh, probably, you know, right around uh, there was soccer for me. That I'm mm-hmm. just not really that interested. Um, if right. it's the World Series, you know, high-level baseball being played, I'll, I'll watch it on TV. But I'd much rather watch basketball or football or hockey. You know, lately, golf, too. <laughs> oh, no. He's, he's becoming a dad, everyone. <laughs> I think that's what it is. but that being said i can always get behind the story yeah of sports or the or the drama behind the sports and that's that was really the focus of this movie it wasn't so much about baseball like you said it was more you know the drama that was driving this season yeah yeah it was um I don't know. Anytime you see, you know, journalists or or anyone cover a sports story, there's always got to be a story, you know, an angle to it. And this movie was more the angle than it was the sport. Right. Brad Pitt, I saw him talk about how the thing that brings him to a story like this is that like underdog narrative of being mad at a rigged system that more rich teams will constantly beat out the less rich teams in a sport because they have more money. Right. Which well, and that's something that's always bothered me since I was a kid bothered me about um, you know, baseball. Football, you have a hard salary cap. This is how much you're allowed to spend as a team. You cannot go over. Basketball has something similar. You can go over, but then you have to pay the league more in quote unquote taxes. Um, so right. there, are, there's loopholes, but it's closer to an even playing Football field than baseball. With baseball, it's you spend whatever you want. Yeah, and it's hilarious because it is like a little bit like over dramatic in a way that it's like ugh. We only have seventy million dollars, and the mm-hmm. Yankees have a hundred and twenty million. Like, oh, we're so poor. It's kind of stupid, and it's also just baseball, so it's not that big a deal. But that's the like. If you just look at it and break it down to this person wants to be able to compete, and he's being kept down. That's an understandable situation, right. even if the sport is it's just a game and it's stupid or whatever. So. 
In my opinion. Not stupid. In my opinion. And and what what about our opinions on this show? They don't. They are matter. fact. <laughs> they, <laughs> wouldn't that be great if our intro was "We're Two Brothers Who Talk About Movies" because our opinions are fact? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that would go really well. An interesting thing to me about the movie is the way that the movie kind of the making of the movie kind of reflected the story that was being told. Because as you said, it ended up kind of in production purgatory where it it was not going into production and they needed to figure something out to do and ended up having to kind of, you know, scrap the little bit of money they had, which again, a little bit of money in movies is tens of millions of dollars. But compared against <laughs> Avengers Endgame, it's just not the same. And so they have to scrap together and make it almost more like an indie movie than a big budget sports movie. Right. Brad Pitt probably could have knocked his salary down on it and that would have helped get it in production. But again, that doesn't matter. He's the star. Do whatever you want. (laughs) He's also the producer, so he can make that decision. Right. But either way. They were probably able to get Jonah Hill for like a $200,000 cut, just like you, the players. Did you see who they originally had cast in that role while Steven Soderbergh? As Jonah Hill's? Yes, while Steven no. Soderbergh was attached to direct it? Dimitri Martin. So, Dimitri Martin would just be drawing everything. Like, <laughs> so these are the players, right? <laughs> and it's just like a stupid doodle. <laughs> Brad Pitt's character's like, no, I, maybe in like an absurd kind of way. Steven Soderbergh directing the movie would have definitely been an interesting take that would have been completely different. But what we got, no. getting that Steven indie Soderbergh feel to it, also wanted all of the actual baseball players to play themselves. Yeah, that would have been something. I'll tell you that. But here's the thing. They got this director, Bennett Miller, who has done a couple other movies, but from what I read, is someone that doesn't like to be in the studio system making big studio movies so when he came on according to this article i read he was saying i'll make it as long as i don't have to make a sports movie so he's making it more like uh i i kind of don't want to use the word indie because it's not an indie movie but like that kind of style and they get the cinematographer wally feister i think is how you pronounce Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. feister feister famously has done almost all of Nolan's movies up to The Dark Knight Rises, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And he has, so he has worked on things like Memento, documentaries, things that are lower budget. And I think that giving it that lower budget, more like real looking style added a lot to the movie. Whereas I feel like Steven Soderbergh's would have been almost the opposite, flashy and like super edited and that kind of thing. So it's it's so interesting how you can take a movie and depending on who makes it, it could be a completely different experience that you're having. I I wholeheartedly agree with what you're saying. It's just hard for me to I'm not a huge fan of Steven Soderbergh. That's fine. I'm not saying Steven Soderbergh's would have been better. I like how this one looked. Mm-hmm. I think that filming it in a way that was more real instead of big studio kind of flashy mm-hmm. makes the characters feel real makes it because i'm gonna be an idiot here but this is a true story right that they're basing this off of yeah like this happened correct so it gives it more of a look of like you're there you're back in that time and you're seeing it happen right to the point that some of the shots like you can see in the shot the like fluorescent lights like flickering which i was like What is this choice they're making? Because I don't know a ton about the specifics, everyone. But, like, to me, that has to do with the frame rate that they're shooting at. That the frame rate's not matching up with the lights in the space. And so you're getting that flickering. That looks real. Like, that looks like if someone just put a camera down and filmed it without, Mm -hmm. you know, knowing much. So I looked up, and I'm like, well, it's Wally Feister. He knows what the fuck he's doing. So... this is a choice that they're making. And to this moment, I, I can't, I, I tried to look it up. I can't figure out, am I right that it's like the frame rate? Am I right that, why would they do that? <laughs> I don't know. 
And so things like that just like boggle my mind. Like, I can't believe I'm talking this much about Moneyball <laughs> from a technical standpoint. <laughs> I think it's got something to do with those specific types of lights. Anytime you film anything under like stadium lighting like that, it right. those lights are weird. Which, I don't know what they are. Were they halogen or... I have no idea what kind of lights it was. I think this is what people were hoping we would talk about when we when we said we were doing Moneyball. I think Mom lights. is asleep right now. But <laughs> when I was trying to look it up, just something interesting with me not fully understanding it is that a lot of lights typically in like America and stuff resonate at like 60 hertz. Mm-hmm. And so like if you film it at 60 frames per second you're matching that refresh rate of the light like how it's flickering how the like light is moving and so you're not gonna see it but if you go below it or above it like it can change what that is Mm -hmm. and films are typically shot at 24 frames per second so obviously that would be a not a connection but also films are usually shot with completely fabricated lights like it's all completely fake the way they're lighting it so to me, that would be a choice of just using a real light that would be in an office space or something instead of making it like all Hollywood Film and fake. Right. Right. And they were filming in Dodger Stadium. Right. So they they couldn't go up and like replace all those lights and everything. But I mean, even just in like an office. Oh, like, I just got you. In like someone's office. So it's like to me, based on. Not fully understanding how all of that technical stuff works, like only half understanding it. To me, that means they made a choice to use as realistic as a space as possible, mm-hmm. despite how it may show up on camera. And which honestly, is cool to me. It wasn't distracting to no. me, but no. yeah, you could tell. Right, and so that's um that's just something that as I was watching it, I was like, well, I'm at least going to be talking about this because I also couldn't believe that it was Wally Feister because I I loved him because I love Nolan movies and it was right. always weird when at Interstellar he switched over to another cinematographer because I think Wally was going on Working to on direct his else. own movies and stuff like that but yeah so yeah so did you have any like thoughts on the technical side or anything like what were you thinking while you watched the movie about the movie on the technical side not really I got more right. enveloped in the story of it all Mm-hmm. And the performances, really. Yes. yes. I, I can't figure Brad Pitt out. Yes. I, I genuinely think he's a good actor. Oh, 100%. But he's always the same character. Uh, maybe, that's, that... maybe that's a bad way to say it. It's always the same performance. He has this, like... Acceptance this natural, like, charisma. Like, he just... That just comes across, no matter who he's playing. Mm-hmm. I I can tell he's a different person. Him in this movie, he's a different person than in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. But they're both people that if you were in a room with them, you'd be like captivated by them. He would be talking and I could hear, you know, Lieutenant Aldo Rain. (laughs) From uh, Inglorious Bastards. This is the same guy. Or, Or Tyler Durden. Or, oh, I don't remember his name from Seven. Detective Mills from Seven. Yes. Yeah, Detective Mills. That's what I. I just that's 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 who kept. Now, obviously, he was acting with different motivations Choices. and yeah, right, stuff yes. like that. But it was the same guy. But but it was good. He <laughs> was great. And let me say this: it's almost like a paradox because it's like it is the same guy. He's Brad Pitt, no matter what. <laughs> that's who he is. And I know you're not saying like, but it's. I know what you're saying. It's just something that I always kind of come back to. That it's like. I can't tell if just him being literally the same human being every time, like, that's gonna come through. I don't know, because you're right. He's a weird actor. It's like, there's almost points where you're like, I can't tell if he's bad or if he's so good that he just seems so real that I right. feel well, like... I'm, I don't... I'm trying to think of another... Philip Seymour Hoffman is a perfect example. Mm-hmm. He's a guy, I kind of like Daniel Day-Lewis. He could be in 10 different yes. movies... And you're like, I I have to remind myself that that's the same person. The amount that, of times I've actor. said, is that Philip Seymour Hoffman in right. movies? Right. Speaks to how good his performance is. Right. Because it's a completely different performance every yes. single time. Yes. Brad Pitt's playing a different character, 
Yes. But it's the same performance. It's the same voice. It's the same... There's no, like, makeup or prosthetics. Or or maybe there is, and they're just so subtle that... What I can't decide is, is, is that a... Is that impressive Good or not? <laughs> right, right, right. I li- I like him, so I decide that it's impressive. I think he's yes. a really good actor. Jonah Hill's performance was really good. This was at a time when he was just starting to branch out into. I think this might have been the first dramatic role, probably um, yes. that he had. So he was still kind of that like awkward. But what was interesting was I liked the way that you could tell even with his dramatic performance even when he was being a hundred percent serious you could tell how he's using his like skill as a comedic actor because there were times yes there were times where jonah hill is kind of the part you laugh at but he's not being funny and that's i feel like that is skill to be able to do that (laughs) the scene where uh where they trade away the uh the all-star Yes. And the managers uh, asked him, do you agree with this? And he was like, 100%. All confident. Yes. And then he pops yes. back and he's like, do you want that door closed? <laughs> yes, that was hilarious. Well, and just also, like, the, the moments where he... Jonah Hill just really does, to me, come across as, like, a real person. Like, he's he's a... He's a good actor. He's a good actor. His that character, I could see that being a real person that's just so socially awkward mm-hmm. because he's so like intelligent that he right. doesn't know how to act. And so like when that scene where Brad Pitt told him like you got to go tell that player he's he's traded, like you got to go do it. It's part of the job. That scene was great too, just how mm-hmm. uncomfortable that was. Right. And the player played that very well too where it's like you can tell he's like devastated but also like he knows how this works. And so right. Jonah Hill has to act like he knows how this right. works, even though he feels terrible. That was really good. Um, and then, I mean, we already kind of touched on it, but Philip Seymour Hoffman is probably one of my favorite actors of all time. One of, I have one of the li- best to ever do it. literally never seen him give a bad performance, ever. Even when he's in a movie like, I like the Hunger Games movies. They're obviously a completely different type of movie. Philip Seymour Hoffman is in them, and you would have not knocked him at all if he phoned it in. And he didn't phone it in. He was Mm -hmm. amazing. And I think that's just what it is, is when he does a role, he actually fully commits to it 100%. One of the um, biggest travesties um, of reading into, hey, maybe this might happen, rumor news, for for me was right after Dark Knight came out and uh, obviously Heath Ledger couldn't return as the Joker. Right. There was some rumors floating around that Batman 3 would star Johnny Depp as the Riddler and Philip Seymour Hoffman as the Penguin and it would have been incredible. <laughs> and I still to this day am so upset that we never got to see that. It would have been very interesting, actually, because Johnny Depp as the Riddler can either be, I guess he always commits, but that could have been a little ridiculous also Mm -hmm. at the same time. Philip Seymour Hoffman as the Penguin would have been terrifying. Right? He would have been terrifying. Right? Not even like going into like how Tim Burton literally made Danny DeVito into like a half human, half penguin. (laughs) Like... Philip Seymour Hoffman as just a mob boss called the Penguin would have been terrifying. Right. (laughs) That would have been amazing. Yeah. Even retroactively, I'm upset that that never happened. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, the performances, obviously, I was was a huge, huge fan of. Oh, yeah. And then as I was watching, I was trying to think this was this was happening in 2002. So I would have been 14. Yeah, you were in eighth or ninth grade, and I was going, oh, "Do I remember this?" Because I remember the Oakland being good, but Oakland's always been really bad. So, I was gonna, uh-huh. and I think what I remember is the twenty-game winning streak. Right, it's got to be games seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. You know what I mean? It's not right. like I was yeah. watching it on TV, but I was watching Sports Center every day. Everyone had to have been talking about it. Right, right. So I, I, I kind of remember that happening, but that's about it. Because I was telling Kristen. As I've already stated, I'm not that interested in sports. But what things like that, 
I can just imagine at the time, imagine yourself as someone that was a fan of Oakland. That happening is like, I couldn't imagine how excited people were. (laughs) Right. And it, it gets to the point where even people that aren't Oakland fans, but just like baseball are interested in watching it because it's like baseball history being made. Like, you want to see it. You want to be there for it. And then, like the movie showed, all the way up to that happening, it was a thing in the baseball world where, oh, God, what is Billy Bean doing? Who is he signing? What are these guys? He's doing, what, this money ball? So it it was a thing that they were going, all right, we're counting them out. And so even people like you who are not baseball fans would get behind the underdog of it all. Right, yes. The, the guy who's been counted out coming back and proving everybody wrong. Right. It's just a good story. So it's one of those really good sports stories, yeah. All of the newscasters and all of the people in baseball, in this movie at least, if it was portrayed accurately, them saying like, oh, this is bullshit, this money ball. Oh, like, they're gonna, like we know how baseball works and stuff. Like, clearly they didn't, and it's like, it's just baseball. Like, just let him do what he wants to do. Kept, Who cares? I kept wanting <laughs> I kept wanting him to be like, oh, when's the last time you won a title? It was 1989. But when's the last time you won a title? <laughs> <laughs> if you know so much, why don't you win every year? Why do we suck? Yes, which is what, you know, it was interesting seeing how LDS. Billy Bean was a player that was... A prospect like he everyone had, thought he was he gonna be a star but then he wasn't he flopped right through you know maybe it was pressure whatever it was it's just that you can't know the future right from what i was reading it was he was really really great against high school competition but then when the competition got better he had a hard time adjusting, adjusting. yeah which makes sense because if you think about it like an 18 year old being thrown into that right. I mean he made the choice it's not like they tossed him in well, but it's and like you know baseball's got this whole minor league system too it's not like he just went to starting for the New York Mets day one right. you know right. it was it was years before he was in major league major league baseball but it goes to show why he was only concerned with the results i don't care what yes. their stati- I, he did care the statistics i don't care right. what their measurements are i don't care what their grades were i don't care what they look like i care yes do they get on base that was a funny scene too when he kept pointing over to jonah hill's character <laughs> say it or i'm gonna point at pete <laughs> yeah he, they get on base that's right he gets on base which is funny it's like you know Obviously, they had to have simplified a lot of this for a general audience to Mm -hmm. understand. But the basic idea of you win the game by having more runs. Mm -hmm. So, like, you would want to get people that get on base and get home. It makes sense. You don't want to get the person that seems like, I mean... I guess a lot of organizations would want to get the person that's going to get sponsors and be on commercials and blah, 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 because it's a business. But as far as I want to, like, win a championship as, like, a team that doesn't have money, we need players that'll get on base so that we can win. Right. (laughs) Oh, man. Things like this, I'm sure that I can look it up and find out that it's true. But, like, imagining them being on a 19-game winning streak and the 20th game getting up 11 to 0. <laughs> right. In the and first three innings. And then losing it. And then losing it. I would you'd be watching that thinking this is scripted. This isn't real. Because <laughs> the announcers were acting like having an 11 to 0 lead that early is unfathomable. And then to it's, lose it. It's it's not necessarily unfathomable, but like you don't see scores like that in baseball. Most scores, four to two, five yeah. to one, you know, two to nothing. Right. And that's the whole game. 11 points in the first three innings. There's nine innings in a game, Cody. Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> 11 points in three down. innings is insane. Yeah. yeah. And then to lose it, to have an 11 to zero lead and just lose it. And it's right, because all because the- Billy Bean's a jinx. That's right. (laughs) Do you have any, like, things you didn't like about it? Do you have any, like, closing thoughts on the movie? I'm trying to think of anything I didn't like about it. I mean, not really. 
him them setting up the relationship between the ex-wife and the new husband was a little weird that didn't really ever pay off but maybe it was just right. to show the audience that like hey this is where the daughter is when he's obsessed yeah. with baseball all the time i went and i looked at the clip of Hatterberg hitting that home run at, at the end of the 20th like in real win. life yeah the actual clip mm-hmm. and it was Perfect. I don't know if it was all Chris Pratt or you know or whatever, but like even the way he like jumped into the home plate was uh-huh. identical to the, the way it That's really crazy. happened, which was really cool. I like that, and and I like stuff like that. Like Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody wasn't the greatest movie, but they recreated Live Aid to a T, right? Which is impressive. If you're gonna so, do like, it, that, I thought that was really cool about this this do movie. Do it right. Yeah. And and what's funny is for the director not wanting to make a sports movie, those mo- those moments where you were watching the sports were very captivating. I want to do a, a exercise with you real quick because this movie was nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars that year. I'm going to read to you all of the movies that were nominated that year at the Oscars. The movies were War Horse, The Tree of Life, Moneyball, Midnight in Paris, Hugo, The Help, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, The Descendants, and The Artist. Yep. Note that that year, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, David Fincher's, came out, and it is not on that list. I want to make sure we're noting that. That's where I was going with this, is that the (laughs) the artist won Best Picture. Not only is Moneyball better than The Artist... (laughs) <laughs> yes girl with the dragon tattoo should have won far and away and warrior should have been the runner-up yes for and a neither split of them second were, i were thought you nominated. were about to say warhorse i thought you were about to say warhorse no. should have been the runner-up <laughs> no warrior <laughs> no yeah the thing is it's like that's actually a very good spread of a lot of movies that are just like pretty good movies nothing like crazy and then the artist it was a gimmick movie. That's what it was. And the and the Oscars fell for it. It won I think everything. That movie, yes. It won Best Actor, I think. I well, remember I that. I guess just, yeah, Best Picture, Best Actor, and Best Director. Which are the some of the top ones. It's only missing Best Actress. But I think it's because his co-star was a dog in that movie. <laughs> yeah, and no one was going to beat the lady that pooped in a pie. I had an Oscar screening party that year. That's why I remember that year very well. And all my friends came over, and we watched the Oscars, and I made snacks that were just like M&Ms in a bowl, but I called it something related to the movies. I I don't remember what it was, Mm -hmm. but had a great night that night, so I remember that. And we all just kept saying, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo should be there. Rooney Mara was not nominated. Yeah, I know. I don't think David Fincher was nominated. That's one of those... He was not. That's one of those years where, like... It happens almost every year, but that's one of those years where you're like, none of this matters. Like this, it did, this, the, it did win one Oscar. The girl with the Dragon Tattoo did? Name that Oscar. Best sound design. You mean sound mixing? Sure. No, sound that mixing. was Hugo, idiot. It was best, best film editing. Which makes sense. <sighs> okay, now we're just getting into Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. God. Okay, so I also, you know enjoyed the movie obviously i don't think that moneyball is like a special movie that's like everyone needs to see this but i think that someone like our mom who loves brad pitt and jonah hill yes she's gonna like i don't think mom we should show mom snatch <laughs> do you still is brad pitt does she love brad <laughs> no, you pitt love enough brad to watch pitt. snatch yeah well, I like him when I can understand a word he's saying. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if we showed her that and she was like, who's this Jason Statham guy? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I, I don't know why my mind did, w- sk- completely skipped over Jason Statham and went to Benicio Del Toro. <laughs> Snatch is a really good movie. Okay, well, we're not, we're, we skipped over talking about Girl with Drag Tattoo. We're not going to start talking about Snatch now. But either way. What's your star rating for Moneyball? This one gets four stars. Okay. Mine mine gave me three and a half, 
which I feel like yeah, pretty even is about what it is <laughs> to me. Yeah, I would say so. Would you recommend this movie? I would. I would do, especially, especially if you love Brad Pitt, who <laughs> is possibly good, possibly bad. I don't know, but he's we love him. <laughs> You're welcome, Mom. We did Moneyball. We did Moneyball. Happy Mother's Day on a Tuesday, two days after Mother's Day. <laughs> so, you know, in honor of Mother's Day, we, we've already given her two hours and 13 minutes of our time and watched Moneyball. But, and I assume you sent her a card. Did you send her a card? No, I'll call her. Unbelievable. You can call her, but clearly there's no love there. Because there's no card there. And what does a card say other than I love you and I appreciate you? Oh, did you get her a grandchild? It's on back order. (laughs) (laughs) Either way, (laughs) I figured we could also talk about some of our memories with mom and the movies. I have some, and I'll be honest, one, one big movie that I have a memory of with mom has a lot more to do with Aunt Barbara, if I'm being honest. Was it Marley and me? It was Marley and me! (laughs) Listeners, we went and saw Marley and me. Were you there, Matt? Yeah. So Matt and I, Aunt Barbara, Mom, Grandma, possibly Cheryl, but (laughs) I think that's it. And do you know, imagine how some people sneak candy in in their purse. I want you to imagine that at movies. Because it's a pretty common thing to do. Our Aunt Barbara brought a cooler. And I'm not talking like some sort of compact cooler that you shove. No. Like, in addition to her purse, also she had a cooler with a strap on it. We say, Aunt Barbara, what is in that cooler? Roast beef sandwiches. For everyone. For all of us. (laughs) I feel like I remembered it being tuna fish, but maybe I'm just making it more ridiculous in my in my head. I wouldn't be surprised if there were options. <laughs> do you want tuna? Do you want roast beef? Because I guess when she goes to movies, she's a roast beef sandwich woman. <laughs> that I love it wasn't, that. It wasn't that if she had brought one for herself, it would have been like eye rolly and, and like, oh, Aunt Barbara. Whatever. She, she brought it for everybody. Yes. And let me tell you, no one stopped her. <laughs> they just, just let her go in with a cooler. Because whatever. Like I said before, they're not paid enough to care if they're bringing a cooler in. <laughs> Nowadays they are, but right. that's for other reasons. So that's one, one memory. I have a memory of me, you, mom, and dad going and seeing Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. And I don't remember this. I remember dad falling asleep in the theater and I have no memory of mom's opinion of that movie. I can't (laughs) imagine she enjoyed it because she's not a fan of like superheroes, but you bet that she brought us. What are your memories? What are you thinking? So the year is 2000. Okay. Sorry. I got to do math again. That would make me. I am in kindergarten. That would make me 12. Yes. Young Matt is so excited to go see Scary Movie. Mom, I don't know, gets in a mood. Oh, no. That she's going to bring me to see Scary Movie because I can't get in. It's rated R and I'm 12. Of course. Of course. So we go. I am so excited. Nothing like this has ever happened. (laughs) (laughs) We go to Movie Co. Walk up to the uh, ticket window. Scary Movie sold out. The universe was stacked against you. How long you would have lasted in that movie with mom before you walked out anyway? I Besides don't know. Besides the point. Besides okay. the point. It was sold out. You didn't even get a chance to find out. The world may never know. <laughs> mom turns to me and says, well, do you want to see something else? I'm looking at the, uh, you know, I'm looking at the list of movies that are out. I don't remember what they all were. Mom, I guess, was bound and determined. You know what? I told them I was going to take them to an R-rated movie. I'm going to take him to an R-rated movie. So we saw The Patriot. Mel Gibson and Heath Ledger, right? So me, as a 12-year-old boy, 
<laughs> I was excited to see the Wayans brothers in a horror yes. movie parody yes. comedy. And I got a war <laughs> drama about the Revolutionary War. Look. Look. Watch The Patriot. Watch it today. It's a good movie. Not that day. Not that day it was. Mom, Mom got what she wanted out of right. that deal. Right. She was never taking you to see a scary movie. She passed a note. She, I think she called <laughs> yes. beforehand to make sure it was sold out. Is it sold out? Okay, I'm coming with my 12-year-old. We'll be there soon. We're going to see That's the That's a Patriot. great story. That's a great story. It's also very enlightening because I was not allowed to watch rated R movies until I wasn't far either. Into my life. That's why it was so exciting. <laughs> and I'm totally not bitter about it. <laughs> okay. No. Also, but. mom knew I loved Eminem. Took me and my friends to see Eight Mile. Sitting through the Eminem and Britney Murphy sex scene next to your mother is very uncomfortable. At least it was only that. And also the scene where uh, Rabbit's mom is having sex, but <laughs> well, that one wasn't that bad those. because that was like a split second. It, it yes, it was. And yeah. then when mom took me to see Wedding Crashers and the montage of them, you know, betting, yeah, women, multiple, yep, topless hey, women. That's part of life, Matt. Awkward. And I think that but, you hey, shouldn't be ashamed of it. Okay? Now I get to do it to my son. The things that you just said pale in comparison to what you guys would have witnessed together in scary movies. <laughs> in scary movie. I know <laughs> that that would have been horrific. <laughs> oh man. Yep. I mean, it's nice that that happened and then I try to show mom movies like The Dark Knight and Interstellar and she just falls asleep. But <laughs> we still have we'll always have Moneyball. <laughs> just like in Casablanca we'll always have Paris we'll always have Moneyball we'll always looking at you ball. mom <laughs> thank you for listening to Let's Run That Back our special Mother's Day episode again two days after Mother's Day but I'm Cody I'm Matt we're two brothers who talk about movies as if our opinions matter check out our website letsrunthatback.com look at our Instagram Let's Run That Back And you guys have a good one and happy Mother's Day to all and to all a good night. That's usually what people say, right? Correct. Okay. See ya. (laughs) 